0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 168 of Take a Bow. I'm your host Eli Tokash, and oh my goodness, this week we have such another great episode. We have a writer on the on the podcast today, and uh, we haven't had one in a while, so I'm very excited to to chat with him about uh, what it's like to be in the industry as a writer, and not only as a writer. Our guest this week, Jaime Lozano, has a very, very unique story um, into this industry. Um, He's not yet uh, been a songwriter or or a writer that has done a Broadway show quite yet. He's an up-and-coming writer. He's literally Lin-Manuel Miranda is quoted at him as the next best thing that Broadway has to offer. Um, Obviously, um, he is a mentor um, to Jaime. And uh, to talk about what it's like to break into this industry as an immigrant coming to America, literally did not speak any English until just Ten years ago, um, and and just learning it all, and coming to NYU on a full scholarship. It, it's just his story is incredible, and it's a name that we're going to be looking out for many, many years. So I'm excited to bring this episode to all of you because he has a very exciting show that he's offering for free at Lincoln Center. He has two stints uh, coming up in the near future, and we're going to talk all about it. And I'm so excited! Free art. Who doesn't want to go see that and support that? Um, so very exciting stuff. All right. Before we turn it over to Jaime, as always, we got to talk about some Broadway news, shall we? Lots has happened, y'all. In a week, you know, I went away and I was on a cruise and I was in the middle of the ocean and I literally felt like nothing was happening because I had no social media, no service, no nothing, and wasn't able to receive any texts or whatever. And I come back and it's like, what is it going on? So much happened and, um, it's just crazy town. And obviously the biggest piece of news and not even like necessarily in the Broadway world, but like just the biggest news in entertainment this week was obviously the SAG after strike. Um, so when I caught wind of the SAG strike, you know, there was a lot of uh, conversations, a lot of, a lot of, um, hesitating, um, in the sense of like, oh, you know, what do I do? I'm a member of sag After I'm a member of Actors Equity Association. Uh, and so I was just like, mm, how do I continue moving forward with this? Um, thankfully through, uh, extensive research and conversations and all the things, I have decided to, um, you know, continue, but it's not going to be 100% the same as it usually is. Um, I may have to pull back um, episodes. I may have to, um, you know, the conversations you hear are going to be very different because we can't talk about, you know, all of the things that I I enjoy talking about. Um, And it, it's just a tricky way to navigate all of this now. So um, we're going to figure it out. We're going to go through this journey together. I do want to continue during this time, especially uh, to continue bring bringing entertainment to all of you, um, especially because this is an independent uh, form of entertainment. I'm able to do so. Um, it just is very difficult because, you know, a lot of the performers already, you know, that I had lined up or even some of the BroadlyCon performers that I had uh, that were going to come speak with me, had to back out because of the writer strike and, and now the SAG-AFTRA strike because of, you know, it's tricky because they can't promote it. And so we're all kind of in this guessing game. And if we do promote it, then we're kicked out of the union and we're in this kind of hard... Um, spot here and so moving forward the podcast until this foreseeable future until they reach an agreement uh, we are going to be strictly talking Broadway talk um, and I I will continue bringing the Broadway entertainment straight to you wherever you may be listening from whether it's your car on the subway on the other side of the ocean um, whatever it may be I I promise to uh, give you entertainment as much as I can and at the highest quality as I always strive to do so Um, um, so with that being said, we're going to be talking about Broadway more as it is in the AEA, um, union. And, uh, we obviously stand with SAG-AFTRA, uh, AEA, but you know, Broadway's not closing down because of this strike, even though a lot of Broadway performers are SAG-AFTRA, et cetera. Um, so that's kind of just like how I'm kind of basing off. All of this from. Uh, So, yeah. So, that being said, this, (laughs) we are not done with strikes because now the WGA started first and reaching a fair deal. Then, uh, SAG AFTRA is on strike so that the WGA can reach the fair agreement. And obviously, um, SAG AFTRA artists are now on strike, hoping uh, for a better deal themselves. Um, And also, we have um, now the IATSE Union, which for those of you who don't know, IATSE is the International Alliance of the Theatrical Stage Employees. And so basically anyone who who is in a theater, uh, is under the IATSE union. Um, if you are not a performer, so anywhere from uh, backstage and the carpenters, dressers, whatever it may be, um, and anyone in charge of flying the stage management, all of that fun stuff, they are all in the IATSE union, and um, it's a it's a. It's a very big union on Broadway, actually. Um, And so there's a lot of people um, working right now to, uh, they were in negotiations and working on a deal with the Broadway League and Disney. uh, But now they are going to be constructing a vote on whether a strike is authorized as uh, they cannot get the fair deal that they want with the Broadway League and Disney because, you know, those companies don't make enough money. Um, <laughs> just, so, um, yeah, yeah, that's that's what's going on at the moment. Uh, so maybe if, if the IATC union does go on strike, it'll be interesting to see how Broadway is affected now moving forward. And if Broadway is affected moving forward, well, then we may actually have to take a legit hiatus from the podcast. Um, and we will, we will see what uh, comes about that. And I will keep you all updated, obviously, Um, you know, now that we're back to one a week, it does seem like I have an eternity from you guys, um, being seven days now instead of, you know, twice a week or whatever it may have been. Um, so with that being said, you know, with all of this news coming out every day, new stuff, new stuff, new information, um, things can change at the drop of a hat so make sure you follow us on social media and um, that's all at take about podcast and you will get the like you know quickest news update there and you'll find all of that out there first before hearing it from me probably on uh, a weekly basis so um, yeah that's what's going on strikes are real y'all we're just trying to get fair compensation and a uh, fair, respect i guess really because they really think that ai can do our jobs and it's like what <laughs> like no uh, they they it just it's it can happen and it, it it could happen but it's not it's not the same result and we could see a very big hit uh from our industry and the audiences uh coming from that if these heads of uh, our industry do decide going that route. So um, it's very concerning and it's very um, something that we all should look out for and, and try to support during this time. Um, That being said, I also wanted to say something about supporting during this time. Um, Supporting new works and supporting artists are so pivotal right now with everything going on. Um, If you didn't get a chance to listen to it on Tuesday, I dropped a bonus episode. Um, And so what that is, is I was basically just dropping a a short episode of literally just an interview of a friend of mine who produced Trevor, um, both in Chicago and here off Broadway in New York. Um, And now we're working on our own project called Truth, a biofictional choreo poem. And um, we launched our Crowdfunding campaign to um, support us in making our first ever production of this new work uh, called Truth, a, not a biofictional choreo poem. <laughs> and uh, basically, what that is is if you, we are able to reach our goal, we will be able to uh, do a workshop reading of our show and then uh, put it into a theater. Um, and we are very, very much hoping to do so because this is a story that I so believe in. It's called Truth because it's based on um, Sojourner Truth and other female abolitionists uh, who kind of led the way for America and and um, people of color and women and all of the things uh, during that time in our world where nothing was fair, quite literally. And um, yeah, so it's just a really big thing. It's a biofictional because it's based on the lives of you know sojourner truth harriet tubman and all these female abolitionists and kind of humanizing them and what they were going through you know they had to leave their children and then their their children had to lie and say that that's not their mother and like they do all of these things to kind of exploring what that is like and the relationships involved in all of the things it's really brilliant and uh, i'm so excited to share it and i hope that it reaches more audiences um because at the end of the day, this is American history. This is our history and it's history that we need to learn. And it's stories that need to be told because honestly, um, it's still happening, you know, and it's happening with immigrants and it's happening with all of the things in our world. So, um, very important and something that I believe strongly in. So, uh, you can visit that at, uh, truthplay.org, our crowdfunding campaign, or you can just listen to Tuesday's episode when we launched our campaign that day. Um, you can check that out and and learn more about the project there um, but obviously the donations and more information can also be found at truthplay.org and we hope you check that out um, okay moving forward into the real like Broadway news and stuff that's going on Uh, we had some casting announcements which is super excited Uh, we had Here We Are which was Sondheim's last ever musical that he wrote Um, it's crazy to think that like we're actually going to get this you know there were talks about this a lot and it was like is this finished is it not and I guess we're just getting it you know and I'm so excited and it's a star-studded cast because who wouldn't want to do the greatest composer of all times last musical it's craziness And I'm so excited for it. Uh, We have an all-star cast starring Francois Batiste, David Hyde Pierce, Amber Gray, Bobby Cannavale, and Take a Bow fam, Michaela Diamond and Rachel Bay Jones. I am freaking out. So excited. Uh, I knew that this is why Parade was closing. I wasn't allowed to say um, Michaela Diamond did have another project because there was a lot of... um, you know, wish and desire for Parade to extend, you know, they were selling so well, they're doing so well, why aren't they extending and all the things and it is because Michaela Diamond already had, um, and a few other cast members actually have um, projects already lined up and they were unable to extend, which is such a bummer, but I can't wait to see this new piece and um, it's going to be it's gonna be so good, y'all. I'm so excited. Um, and that's going to come out in this season. I'm so excited and y'all should be too, because that cast, forget it. Um, but we we also, got some more casting announcements out of Hades Town where Betty Who icon and Philip Boykin will join the cast of Hades Town. So we have um Betty Who's making her Broadway debut, and then ooh, I like that rhyme. Um, and then we have like a 16-time Broadway veteran, Philip Boykin, uh joining the cast of Hades Town. So I can't wait to see how those lovebirds, uh, obviously they're playing Hades and Persephone, uh, you know. Are, they work together, and I can't wait to see how all of that comes out. And obviously, I assume very soon we're actually going to get a Eurydice casting announcement because obviously we know Eva Noblezada is leaving and departing in the beginning of August. Um, so we don't have any word about it yet. We, there's some speculation, whatever. But um, once that comes out, I feel... I just know, I just feel like something's telling me that it's going to be someone like huge and something that like we're going to be talking about for quite some time. Um, so we'll hold our breaths until then and because I know it's got to come soon uh, with her leaving in less than like three weeks, I want to say. Um, so crazy times over in Town with all of these casting announcements, super fun. Um, and I'll keep you all posted on the next Eurydice. Um, okay. I also wanted to to say before I turn it over to our interview that today, Thursday, July 20th, Here Lies Love opens on Broadway. Yes, it opens on time as scheduled. Obviously, uh, Here Lies Love was the one show that we talked a lot about uh, with the sense of doing uh, recorded tracks and not live musicians. But uh, they obviously came to a fair deal and they uh, have musicians and live tracks. And um, it just looks unbelievable I don't think I'll be able to be at their opening tomorrow which I'm super bummed about and usually I don't um, talk about a show <laughs> this way when they don't invite me or like don't allow me to to cover the carpet and stuff but uh, because of I, I I'm just so excited for this show in general because I've heard such good things about it the pictures from inside the theater are wild it's like a great comet 2.0 with how they've like literally redone this theater it's gonna be crazy town and I'm so excited. Uh, But that comes out today. Uh, It opens today on Thursday, July 20th. So very exciting. Congratulations to all involved. And uh, yeah, that's all the Broadway news I have for you folks this week. So without further ado, I'm going to send it over to our fabulous guest this week, Jaime Lozano. Jaime Lozano, curtain up. Okay, everyone. So this week's guest is Broadway's next big thing, according to Manuel Miranda. Ever heard of him? Uh, he just recently became an awardee of the Jonathan Larson Grant, which is an, awarded annually to musical theater composers, lyricists, and librettists or writing teams early in their career to support artistic endeavors and safeguard long term music writing careers. On August 4th, you can see him at Lincoln Center in his show. His own show featuring songs from his album, Songs by an Immigrant. Everyone, welcome to Take a Bow, Jaime Lozano. Hi! Hola. Hello. Oh thank
0: you. Thank you for, for that beautiful introduction and thank you for having me. A pleasure to be here.
1: Oh my gosh. No, I'm so excited. This is super exciting to talk to, um, you know, someone who is not a performer because I have a lot of performers on this show. Um, so to get a new perspective is really cool. And to have someone, you know, kind of fresh and upcoming is just so exciting to me. And I can't wait to continue to follow your journey as we go through through this together
0: yeah thank you thank you I'm also very excited and grateful for this opportunity
1: yeah happy to talk to you I love it so let's start at the beginning like how are we here and and how do you fall in love with you know writing did you fall in love with musical theater first did you fall in love with music and it kind of paved the path into musical theater how did we get into here
0: Look, um, to be honest, I started like real like late. I mean, I I call it late. It, it wasn't that late, but uh, no one in my family do anything related with art. No one, is, oh. no one does anything related with music or theater. Actually, I was supposed to study criminology. Wow! Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I actually did like like my my uh, all the orientation to get into criminology school. And when I was supposed to enroll, like like for real, something. I don't know, inside me told me, wait, this is not what you want to do. Just don't enroll in this school and wait. At the same wow. time, I had just started going to a to a choir, short, to a short choir, where I learned I was I was like um 17 and 18 years old. And I, I I was learning to play guitar and I was singing in a choir. So that that was my first like approach to music in, in, in a shorts, play guitar and singing. And because of that was that I enrolled a year later after I passed to criminology school, I enrolled in music school for singing. I wanted, I, I mm. was studying opera singing originally. Um, and uh, when I had, the, when I was in the first semester of school, I saw a flyer on the wall for auditions. So uh, before I move forward with this flyer, when I was a kid, I used to I used to see every Easter in in the TV back in Mexico this uh, Jesus Christ the musical they used to yes. broadcast the musical but let me tell you something I used to hate it, it was really like, I, I couldn't understand I couldn't understand why they were like in the middle of the desert oh, singing and dancing and like, what's going on I, I was a kid I was maybe less than 10 years old, I don't remember. So uh, it it was weird, This thing about musical theater. But (laughs) moving forward, like flash forward, I saw this flyer on my my music school about audition for a show. I went to audition for the show and I get into a part into the ensemble. And the funny thing is that this show was, can you guess which which show was it?
1: um it wasn't jesus christ superstar it was jesus christ oh, superstar it was? oh my yeah, god
0: it was jesus christ superstar and the show that you i used to hate or the show that i couldn't understand when i was a kid uh was the show that make made me fall in love with mm-hmm. musical theater and the storytelling so oh i god. i uh, i auditioned for for the show i got a part of the ensemble uh, I became close like uh, uh, close to the director uh-huh. and, and I became like his assistant. And that's wow. when I when I started being more like uh, curious about storytelling and musical theater. A few mm-hmm. years later, I was studying opera singing, as I mentioned before. Uh, I decided that I wanted to do more than just being on stage and perform and I changed my major, and I changed into composition. Ah. So I, I quit singing, I started studying co- composition, and I started directing my own musicals and versions of uh, Broadway musicals in my hometown, in Monterrey, Mexico. Oh, so wow. I directed, like, Jesus Christ Superstar, <laughs> The Last Five Years, of For A New World, Jekyll and Hyde. All that wow. in Mexico with the Spanish version of those shows.
1: Unbelievable. And, and now it's led you to start writing your own shows.
0: Yeah. At the same time that I was directing, I was kind of, that was like my school, you know. I, okay. I, I was really hungry and curious for musical that I started like like like, just like, you know, like reading uh, and finding all the information at that time, I remember that I need to go and rent a computer because uh, I, I'm talking, this was like, let's say the year 2000, I yeah. didn't have a, comp- I, di- I didn't have a computer or I have to go to a, to a, to a cyber, I don't know how to call it. Like a, they, they call it in, in Mexico, cyber coffee because you can go and drink mm-hmm. something and sit in the computer Uh, And, you know, so I was renting (sighs) a computer and Googling like about musicals and printing pages because I didn't, (laughs) uh, I created my own books, printing pages and creating my own books to study about musical theater. And and my English wasn't that good. So reading, reading the information was good enough to understand, but I didn't speak any English at the time. Wow. And how long ago was this? I mean, it was around the year 2000, yeah, 23 years ago. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, your drive and motivation and your story of how you got into all of this is just fascinating, Uh, but so good for you. I mean, this is truly incredible, and you could tell you got bit by the bug, and now you're into it, you know, as we say. Um, But let me ask you, so you know, you obviously started as a performer and auditioning for to perform in, like, the ensemble or whatever it may be, and now you've kind of enjoyed the other side as a director and a writer and all these things. Do you ever, like... Would you ever go back to performing? Like, if you wrote something, you know, kind of like Lin-Manuel Miranda does, when he writes, he, he may star in the show. Would you ever see yourself doing anything like that?
0: I, uh, I mean... I, I know very well Lin, uh, and he has been a role model and inspiration. He's my friend, uh, uh, and I really admire what he what he does. I mean, he saw an opportunity in creating something for himself. Yeah, back when, when he did in the Heights, uh, because there were there wasn't nothing like that out there. I mean, it's it, it's it's sad, like as like performers can't see themselves on stage. You know, performers mm. like like of color, like performers absolutely you know with a different background um, so telling you this I, I i do my own projects i have my own concert where i i i perform on stage uh, i'm right now actually recording my new album Songs by an immigrant volume two me 2, yeah that is gonna it's gonna be released in september um, and in this album i have collaborations with many many broadway people like uh, eden Espinosa, oh. uh, mandy gonzalez robin de jesus and I'm back at singing and I record a few songs in this album because I say, why not? I mean, if I love singing yeah. and I'm writing these stories, I, I should also tell the story. So I, I record a couple of songs in, in this new album. Uh, and yes, I think eventually, you know, something, as, as, as I mentioned before, back in the day, I didn't speak English. Actually, the reason I got in this country was because I was uh, selected um I got into NYU to do a master program. NYU has a very unique master program in musical theater writing. Uh, And I was the first Mexican ever accepted. And they also grant me a full tuition scholarship. That's why I came to New York because I didn't have the money to came to, I mean, you know, this city is crazy expensive. (laughs) And and they, they accept me into the program without speaking English. I mean, like that was 2007. Back in 2007, I didn't speak English, so uh, it's, it has been a struggle for me, and this, this thing about, um, this feeling about belonging, you know, that I, I, I'm not, I'm an immigrant in this country, uh, I didn't speak English at the mm. time, now I speak English, but obviously, as you can hear, I have an accent, uh, sometimes I don't find the words to say, sometimes... Even I'm, I'm losing my Spanish sometimes because now because I speak English, oh, no. I forget <laughs> I'm in Spanish and I go back and forth into English and Spanish and doing this Spanglish thing. And uh, I, I, I one of my goals is one day, like I have many collaborators. I write my songs with different lyricists. Okay. Uh, uh, I do some of my lyrics. I do lyrics in Spanish mostly. Uh, and a lot of people like, writers they told me you should write your own lyrics i mean you are also a lyricist and you shouldn't be afraid to write in english because mm-hmm. your english is is your english i mean you shouldn't be worried i'm very perfectionist and something i'm it's worried true. about not writing english in the way that not finding the right rhyme a perfect rhyme or not writing the the, the right words to say something uh and and i'm afraid that as, as well with that with uh with speaking, you know, like one of the things I hate the most to do even today is, is speaking is speaking in the phone with someone
1: in yes. English.
0: Because I don't see like now that I'm seeing your face, your beautiful face, and I see your <laughs> your mouth. I, I can see what you're s I mean, even if sometimes I, I might not understand completely something, I I, I I go with your mouth and with your eyes and, and I can so speaking in, in the phone it, it was really hard. It is really hard for me sometimes because sometimes I'm just like guessing what they're saying. Um, sure. So I would love when they go back to performing. I kind of do it in my concerts, but it's, it's in a <laughs> in other, it's like in a safe space, in a in a different way. Yeah. But yeah, I, 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 I'm still like fighting against this sense um that this sense of belonging as do 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 I really belong to this community? I'm very grateful mm-hmm. with the Broadway community and with all my amazing collaborators and performers that they have they have been really kind and nice with me. And they have opened uh, their arms to, and their hearts to my stories. But, you know, we have this, uh, how do you call it, the uh, imposter syndrome that yes. sometimes tell. Sometimes will Tell us, oh, you're not good enough. You're you're gonna make this mistake. You go back home. Why are you doing here in New York City? Blah blah blah. Uh, but you know, I just just trying to, to to prove myself that that I can do it every single day and learn Yeah,
1: absolutely. Did, did you have more to add there?
0: No, no, no. It's a, oh, okay. a, a never a never ending learning
1: experience. Absolutely. I agree. And, and I think something that's so beautiful about this theater community, I guess you could call it, um, is that everyone is welcome. You know, everyone in this community is just so kind and welcoming. Um, unfortunately, with that being said, there are, some unrepresented communities in this community uh, of the, the theater community, which is something that we need to continue working on, which is something that I'm excited about to talk to you about, because I feel like we talk a lot about, performers being underrepresented um in their in their own backgrounds and all of that um but we don't often talk about it from the creative team side and i feel like it's kind of starts from that side of the table to then translate to the performers and the performance um so i'm curious to talk to you uh, about you know we Notice that there are communities that are underrepresented in the stories that are being told here in musicals on Broadway and everything like that. So as a writer, how does that kind of influence your work? or does it influence your work?
0: No, definitely, you just say it, everything, everything should start with the stories. I mean, yeah. we can we can have that diversity just uh, in the you know in, in the form. I mean, just what we see. The diversity is not only what we see on stage and also I mean I really appreciate and I'm grateful that they are trying to put diverse people on stage uh, even in a story that usually were told for other kind of people on, on this thing about diverse cast now that you see a a character that is supposed it was supposed to be from one background and now it's more open it can and that actor can came from another background even if it's not related with with the character background of the story i mean i appreciate that effort sometimes feels a little bit weird depending the story but mm. i i i i think that that's a, a good first step but mm. definitely uh, the diversity should come from the top and the top are the stories i mean what, is, what are the kind of stories we are telling yeah. so uh, that's why a lot of people ask me, oh, why do you write only songs about immigrant experience or about Latinx subjects? Can't can you write another kind of story? Yes, I can. I mean, I can do another <laughs> kind of Jerevan Hansen or Phantom or Hamilton or whatever. Uh, but I don't think that that is my mission or my goal, because, mm. I mean, that United States writer, the people from here, they are amazing and they do what they do in a great way. They, they perfection what is musical theater. So I'm not going to try to do exactly what they do. That That is not what I want to do. So I want to bring myself and who I am and my stories and my background to add what they to what they do. So right. we can have Direttman Hansen and we can have Next to Normal and we can have Hamilton, uh, but we can have all these other different stories also where we can find this diverse perspective and point of view. Uh, mm. And I think like as you said before, uh, it's important the story, but also it's important we don't have Latinx producers, for example. There's not mm. too many people doing that. Uh, I really uh, uh, applaud to my brothers and sisters from the uh, black community that they have grown so much and uh, they are doing a lot of things, not as not as lot as we would like on Broadway, but I think that is a community that has has getting stronger as as every year. And they have these big producers now, producers from the Hollywood community and producers that, that they are spending on telling their stories. Uh, and we don't have something like that in the Latinx community. We, we don't have people like with, with the power and see to see that. We have Latin stories that need to be seen on stage, on Broadway or beyond Broadway, you know, off Broadway, regional, whatever. So I think it, it's, it's a matter of, we need to find a way to get into all the different, um, like, levels and uh, um, disciplines and categories. Like we need Latinx producers, we need Latinx composers, writers, directors, choreographers, uh, casting directors, yeah. um, arrangers, general managers, stage managers, that diversity needs to be reflected in every single area, not only on stage. And in that totally. way, I think everything's going to, I mean, we're going to have a stronger sense of, of storytelling.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting because I feel like we often don't talk about it because I feel like what's talked about most is what we can see, you know, and those are the performers, but very, very, um, not often enough, I, I suppose, do we hear that from within, you know, and from the top, you know. And um, I think that that is just equally as important. So I appreciate you kind of sharing that and, and your your thoughts on it all. Um, let you, I, can I talk to you and switch gears on sure. uh, the Jonathan Larson grant? Sure, sure because i okay so i think this is like the coolest thing in the world that you were the awardee of of this grant um you know especially when you you T- think about the Jonathan Larson Grant and who um, the recipients in the past have been. You know, you have Pasek and Paul, you have Joe Iconics, uh, you have Tom Kitten, Brian Yorkie, Michael R. Jackson, Shana Tab. You have all of these wonderful uh, writers that, that are doing such incredible work and are still, you know, young in their careers, yeah. um, such as yourself. So uh, <laughs> Thank
0: you. Yeah, <laughs> not, of course. Not, not that young, but yeah. Oh, please. <laughs>
1: Give me a break. You you, I can't wait to see. This is just the beginning for you, um, and I can't wait to see what's next. So, but I'm curious to ask you, you know, like, what does this grant mean to you, and and how does it kind of just accelerate your your career?
0: Look, it, 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 it's it's a whole thing. It's it, it's it's a very um, unique journey because when I started doing musical theater back in my hometown one of the first musicals that I learned that they sounded different, it was Rent. Yes. You know, because everything else was like the same, the same, the same. And Rent was something that was a contemporary story, that was a contemporary sound, and uh, and made me think that you can tell stories in a different way, not only like in the classic Broadway way. way. So really? I, I fall in love with, with Jonathan Larson and his work back in, in, in 2000, when I started doing all this. Uh, then I, I got accepted to this master program. I came to NYU, I graduated. And since then I learned about this grant that is a very important and prestigious grant in the musical theater world. And, and to be honest, I, I applied for this grant because you have to apply for the grant. Right. You have to send your material, you have to send songs. Uh, wow. And before I got it last like this year, uh, I think I applied like six, seven times. Wow! That I never got it. I, I the last year I got, I, I was a finalist, yeah. uh, but I didn't got it. So uh, I, I was like applying and applying year after year after graduating from school. Uh, the funny thing is, it last you no know, two years ago during the pandemic, I got a I got a a, a call from Lin Manuel Miranda, and he told me I want you to be in in a movie that I'm directing. Yes, I have this very special scene. Um, that I want you to come. And this movie was Tick, Tick, Boom, about, cool. about Jonathan Larson's musical, but at the same time what they did was kind of a bio movie about Jonathan Larson. And, and in this very special scene, Lin-Manuel called a bunch of musical theater writers like Mark Shaman, Jason Robert Brown, George Steele, Shaina Top, Joey Conis, Tom Kidd, Alex Lacamoire, and many, many more, Stephen Schwartz, Uh, and it was like a workshop scene when uh, the the character of Jonathan Larson was performing a song, a panel of T-shirts, one of them was supposed to be Stephen Sondheim, Uh, and all the Broadway composers, all these uh, people that Lin-Manuel invited, we were like in the audience, like like we were like a fellow composers in this uh, classroom. Uh, Incredible. So, That was a very, very weird experience because I never expected to be invited by Lin-Manuel Miranda and be like (laughs) next next seat to Stephen Schwartz and Tom (laughs) Keat and Jason Robert Brown in a movie about musical theater. And that year I was a finalist of the Jonathan Larson Grant. What I'm saying is in some way everything was like building up. And with a yeah. blessing of uh with the blessing of Lynn and all this group of composers next year, I mean this year now, I I finally after many, many tries, uh I, I got the 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 honor to be awarded uh, with this grant. And and I think it, it's it's uh, just joining this list of name, names that you just mentioned, I mean all these amazing writers. It, it it just made me feel a, a great responsibility for, for keep telling the story that I want to tell, you know. Yes. And knowing knowing that 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 things are happening that if you work hard, if you do what you're supposed to do, and if you surrounded yourself with the right people and work in collaboration as a and as a community, you Absolutely. can get places and your stories eventually are gonna be heard. And that they're gonna find the places for for to the audiences.
1: Absolutely, and you never give up. You know, it took you a few years, but you just kept, stayed persistent and kept applying. That's so wonderful, so yeah, well. That's the thing
0: with this industry. I mean, is that I mean, with with actors because act, this is something that we we see a lot in, in actors that we know actors are auditioning every single day for two three shows and they get many many no's. Before right. getting a je- I mean, it's the same with composer. We have many, many projects. We apply for many, many grants, workshops, yeah. residencies, uh, and and yes, I mean, it, it's it's more than those that we hear than the yeses,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: and sometimes is devastating. Sometimes it's really, really, really hard, uh, but you just have to keep going, and and I, and I think. Uh, it's, it's important to find more. Being an immigrant artist in this city, it's, it's you have to find your people. You always need to uh, find your people. It's, it's, it, everything's about the people. Even yes. the stories. Everything is always about the people. They say, if you want to get far, if you, got, if you, got, if you want to get fast, go by yourself. If, right. you, got, if you want to get far, go with someone else, go with more people. Absolutely. You know? So you need always the, the support of this community. You need the support of collaborators, you need the support of more people so you can get to other places. And I, this is one thing that as you just mentioned before that I love about this musical theater community that we are here for each other. I mean I, I have we have been living some very challenging times. Mm. One of the communities now during the pandemic that was hit stronger was this community. Uh, and we're still here and we're trying to find new ways to tell stories and to do theater. Uh, and, and I think that that we are um, getting stronger than ever.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think all of musical theater is just one big collaboration. So um, I feel it's so important to, you know, find your people and, and, you know, create with them even and tell stories together. You know, it, it, so many people come together to form one to, to share a story and to, to tell a message, you know, share a message. Um, and I, I think that's the, the best part of, of this community. Exactly.
0: And and I mean, there's very, I mean, inside the community, I mean, we because sometimes we now that we are with these diverse stories, this is not about fighting for someone's place. It's not like, mm. oh, we want my Latinx stories to be here and not yours. Or it's not about fighting one community against the other one. It's about finding a way to do it together, to know Absolutely. that we are at the same level and that we can do this together. Of course, when i do doing my shows, I, I, I really... I'm looking for the best people to, to tell that stories. Of course, I'm gonna support my Latinx community, but I'm gonna be open if I find a designer from other community uh, that is the best for to tell the story, I'm gonna welcome them, you know? It's not, oh no, you're not Latinx, so you can, you, you can be part of this team. No, it, it's more about embracing who we are and yeah. embracing other communities and finding what is the best way to collaborate together so these these stories can have a, a, a wider you know um 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 yeah it could be like 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 tell in a more um, diverse way not only focusing in one community but focusing and in, in the storytelling and focusing at the end my stories even if they're very specific about one Latin community right I I, I have I have get texts or comments from people from Asia, from people from, um, I don't know, South America, from people from Europe, that they relate with one of my stories. It's wow. not that they are specifically for my community. At the end, my Wait. story is going to move. It's going to touch someone else. You, you never know where, in, in somewhere else in the world. And yeah. I, I think we need to find a way to to more than fight against each other to really, really know that we are, we are com- we have our own community, but those communities can inter, like co- collaborate with each others. You know,
1: absolutely, absolutely, they can intersect. You know, yeah, you want intersect. the wide range of of the. Perspectives, I guess, and and yes. voices. Um, that that's so wonderful, and and I love that because you you're kind of doing that here uh, at Lincoln Center on August fourth. You have your own show, and, and it's your album songs for "By an Immigrant." Uh, but this is Volume One. Volume Two is to come. <laughs> um, but but you have uh, in this show you have performances by Christina Alabado, you have Shireen Pimentel, you have Mauricio Martinez, you have all of these wonderful and different voices uh, uh, coming to tell your stories and tell the stories that you wrote. Uh, talk to me about, about this performance and, and what people can get excited for.
0: Yeah, we, we called this project Jaime Lozano and the Familia. The Familia. Yes. The family is this group of amazing performers like like the one that you just mentioned that most of them has a, a, some kind of Latin background. Uh, mm. They are or immigrants, like Mauricio Martinez or my wife, Larissa Cuenca, that we are immigrants. Or they are like son or daughter of immigrants, first generation, second generation, like Cristina Lavado, like Shereen Pimentel. Uh, and, um, and I am so honored that they are uh, singing and telling my, my music, my stories. Uh, I think that it's something very, very, u- very unique. Uh, It's a project that we started back, uh, even before the pandemic, Uh, we did a concert at Two River Theater in New Jersey uh, that was very successful. Uh, It's in Red Bank, New Jersey, and Red Bank, New Jersey has a, a large Mexican Latinx community. And when I did that concert, that it was sold out, I realized that there was a hunger for this music and these stories so right after that, I started booking other venues like Joe's Pub, Green yeah. Room 32, uh, 54 Below, Lincoln Center. And what was my surprise that all those shows were sold out because people really wanted to hear the stories. And we did. Uh, I have the honor that they invited me, Lincoln Center invited me last year to be part of the American Songbook series. Yes. That is a very prestigious uh, series of concert. I have seen Jason Bro- Robert Ramper perform there. Raul Esparza. Oh. Hamilton has his its very own concert there. Spring Awakening has his very own concert there, and they invited me to be part of this American Songbook series. So it was like a big deal. It was like 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 a dream uh, be- become true. Uh, and since then, I have this very good relationship with Lincoln Center. And they gave me mm. this uh, residency of concert this year. We had a concert last May. Now we're doing August 4th with this project sung by an immigrant that are song from my album, from my last album. And we're going to do a, a few uh, previews of songs from the next album. And then that's August 4th. And then in September 15th, the day that Spanish Heritage Month starts, we're having actually uh, that release concert for my new album, Song by Immigrant Immigrant Volume 2. uh, And that same day, the album is being released by Concord Records. Uh, And we are very excited to be doing this residency, performing at Lincoln Center at the David Rubenstein Atrium for free. It's all of these are free concerts. Uh, It's a beautiful venue in Lincoln Center that is a public space and anyone can go and see the concert for free because we are trying to get to this audience. We don't want to to, to, to be selective. We really want the people to come and listen. Uh, they gave us the opportunity to listen to these stories. Uh, I always compare uh, musical theater and music with food. It's like, yeah. uh, we, we love burgers and, and, right. and I, I love burgers. But <laughs> yes. sometimes we'll, the only thing that we have out there on Broadway or on New York are burgers and people only consume burgers and burgers. <laughs> but sometimes we need a, 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 a taco, sometimes we need sushi. Oh, yeah. we, you know, <laughs> so I think that we need to, yeah, we need to give us the opportunity to try something different. So we are having these uh, delicious tacos for you <laughs> Uh, and, and you just need to try them, and you're going to see, oh, wait, this is... Yeah, I, I also like this. Even, uh, yeah, I know I, I like burgers, and I like this kind of musical theater, and I, li- I like these stories, but I also kind of like this other kind, and enjoy yeah. it, you know? It, so so I think I, I'm very grateful with organizations like Lincoln Center that they have opened their doors uh, to our stories, to my stories, uh, and, yeah. and doing this series of concerts. It, it just... Uh, I'm beyond grateful. It's a great experience.
1: That's yeah. That's so great. First of all, I love your analogy of food and Broadway. That's that's kind of <laughs> the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, but, but I also, I mean, you brought up a great point in the sense that you these these concerts are free uh, and accessible. How important is it in in a space that? I find not to be very accessible. You know, it's very expensive world, this, this Broadway. Um, how important is it for you to, to kind of make it more accessible and, and available for, for everyone?
0: I strongly believe that the model that musical theater has been made for the last decades is getting to a point that is obsolete. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, we, can, we can be doing musical theater today in the same way that it used to be done 20, 30 years. And I'm right. going, I'm talking not only about the prices and the tickets and what we see, but I'm talking also about the process. I can't believe that mm. for a show to get on stage it takes <laughs> 10 years or more. Right. If you're lucky and you have investors and producers, maybe your show is gonna take four years to get to Broadway. Mm. I mean to get to a st- to, to a stage to any kind of stage, mm. not right. not Broadway, uh, because th- not everything is Broadway. That's other other thing that we do understand. I mean, Broadway. I mean, we all dream about Broadway, but there's many other uh, stages that that our stories need to 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 be on. You know, it's th- not everything is about Broadway. It's off Broadway, off, off Broadway out, blah blah blah. Uh, so I do think that for many many years we have been doing this process. I mean, the, the people here in the States in, in, in a way that it has worked for them and it has worked for the industry. But, I mean, just right now, we we go to the theaters and, and people, audiences are not back there. We are suffering with yeah. that. I mean, all the regional theaters, they're suffering even more because they lost all their subscription and their memberships. It, it's really, really hard. So I do think that, that we need to find new ways to tell stories to do theatre, to produce theatre, to develop theatre, to sell theatre, and, and to bring audiences to the theatres. I see that these crazy prices of two, $300 or more uh, uh, has been uh, very, um, you know, ha- hasn't really helped to create a diverse and a bigger audience. Uh, I understand that it's a business, that it's an industry, that... Uh, there's a lot of things in in game but but i do believe that that there might be better ways to to sell these and, and to to do this without getting so crazy uh, expensive at the end you know so it could be more democratic you know uh, because the, the people who, who can't see broadway are tourists that they have been saving for years to come to New York, or people that they really have the power to buy the tickets. Uh, right. But there are many communities that they don't have the chance to, to, to see shows. And, and to be honest, a few lottery tickets or a few rush tickets, sometimes, I mean, it makes a difference, but it's not, we're not really getting to those communities. Right. So uh, I think there enough. should be a smarter, a smarter ways to, to to really bring these audiences to, to to the theater because they need to see themselves on, on the stage and and uh, uh, it, it's like it's like a cycle. Uh, when mm. they see those stories, they're gonna want to invest more. I mean, they're gonna come more to the theater and they right. want to actually to be the next generation of performers or writers or producers or investors. But they need to have the chance to, to get into some of these fancy restaurants, you know, because yeah, yeah. they don't have them, the, but they don't have the money. I mean, we need to find a way that that it, it could be more democratic. It's like, 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 I, I always say that the subway in New York City is one of the most even it's not the best, but it's one of the most democratic, like, a yeah. transportation system because you can see all kind of people in the subway. I think that we can get, we need to get to that place in the theater to see all these different people. And not, sometimes I I, I sit in a theater and I turn around and all the people look the same. Mm. And that's maybe not the right message.
1: Absolutely. Well, I appreciate your efforts in trying to make theater more accessible with everything that you're doing over at Lincoln Center. I think that that's absolutely wonderful. And I can't wait to to see these concerts. Uh I will be at one of them, August 4th Yay. or September 15th. I'm so excited. Um and uh you know, Jaime, you have so much to to take a bow for and you have so much that's yet to come. Uh so I can't wait to continue to follow you along with your journey and, and these incredible shows that you're doing uh, at Lincoln Center and beyond. So uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today uh, about this industry and about your writing. It's it's just incredible. No, thank
0: you so much. Gracias, Eli. It has been really a pleasure. And thank you for helping to to amplify our voices. Thank you for for, for giving us a space. I I think that is important. Uh, At the end, we are all part of the same community. I, right. I, I also believe that everything that happened with with press, with producers, with marketing, I mean everything should work on the same direction. And having the support of people like you and media, it, it helped. Like people like myself, that we are really like like pursuing the way to 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 get to more audiences and 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 to and it's not only about us. It's because we want. Our communities to to feel represented, also to feel like like uh, I I don't want to say I'm the only Mexican doing this. I don't want to say I'm the only did, right. doing that. I mean, I think that 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 we need to see more people like myself in, in this community and in this industry. And thank you for helping to spread the word.
1: Yes, I couldn't agree more. And I'm part of the, the belief that we are all in this together. You know, we all have important stories to tell and we can all help each other. Like we were talking about earlier, this is a collaboration and it's easier and better and more fulfilling doing it with more people than just yourself. So Amen. I'm happy to, to share your story uh, on here today. So thank you for taking the time.
0: Thank you. And I will see you on August 4 at Lincoln Center.
1: Yay! Yeah. I'm so excited. Take a bow, Jaime Lozano. Oh my goodness, I am so it's so thrilled that I was able to talk with him on the podcast this week. All of these uh, episodes that I've had, I've I recorded, I banked a bunch, uh, and so all of this happened before the SAG after strike. And um, I'm very excited to to share these with you now because I've been waiting. Um, but Jaime is so phenomenal and so freaking talented. You can go listen to his album that he's actually going to be performing at Lincoln Center currently right now on all the music streaming platforms. You know, they have, it's called Songs from an Immigrant. uh, And you can also just search that up or search his name up. Um, it's it's really, really amazing music. And it's kind of been in my head uh, this entire week. And so with him uh, doing a Lincoln Center p- performance on August 4th, featuring like some of our favorite um you know, Broadway stars, you have Shireen Permental. you have Christina Alabado, you have, uh, Maurizio Martinez, you have all of these fantastic performers. And then of course, you know, Jaime himself is, is going to be performing and it's going to be a free concert over at Lincoln Center in one of the most, uh, famous, you know, theaters in New York, uh, worldwide, honestly, everyone knows Lincoln Center. So, um, very exciting stuff. And hopefully you, if you're around, you can definitely check that out August 4th. And the fact that he's working on Songs by an Immigrant Volume 2, I'm so excited uh, that he's working on another one. It's going to be great. His story is so phenomenal. And the fact that he's got two uh, shows right now that he's working on and have been in process for quite some times and uh, are really shows that Are people are looking forward to, including Frida, the musical, which is the one I think that's closest to coming to Broadway. And then of course, Broadway and Spanglish. So Broadway in Spanish and English uh, is another show of his that he has been in process uh, for the past couple of years. So I'm so excited to see uh, the future and a journey that Jaime takes us on because if Lin-Manuel Miranda is giving him such high praise, we can only assume that, uh, you know, this is going to be something special, someone special, and this art is something special. So I can't wait for it. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. His story is phenomenal. Um, and with that being said, I appreciate you all listening. Uh, please come back next week. We are going to have our live Broadway con episode on next week's podcast. I'm so excited for it. It doesn't seem like we're going to have two guests anymore because of... Th- all of the things that's been happening lately. Um, so we had to pivot a little bit, but it's going to be an amazing episode with the awesome guest, and I'm so excited to bring it all to you. Um, as always, come check us out at BroadwayCon. Uh, we will be there either Saturday or Sunday. I will post it on our Instagram as soon as I get the real confirmation, and it's going to be around the 1 o'clock time slot, the noon to 1 o'clock time slot on Saturday or Sunday. I am so, so excited to, to share it with you and uh, be there live with all of you can't wait to see you all there at broadway con broadway's most exciting event of the year and uh yeah well we will see you there live at broadway con or if not i will see you all next week with the exact same episode if you do come to broadway con though i will say if you come to broadway con and you see me or you find me walking around i have some very very like good things to give away. It's not like just like a sticker or anything. It's going to be something very, very fun, exciting and cool and something that you're going to want. Literally giving it away for free if you come find me or uh, attend our live podcast recording. So very exciting stuff. And then of course, if you don't have your con ticket but want to get it, type in takeaboutpod.com Check checkout for BroadwayCon and you can get 5% off your purchase. Um, so go do that, go have fun and I can't wait to see you all there. All right, until then, bye everyone, see you next week or Broadway BroadwayCon. For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help of Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kimberly Garris, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow are our fabulous editors, Jessica Warren, who edits the audio of the podcast that you just listened to, and Tessie Tokash, who edits the videos and visuals for this podcast. And how about a bow for our executive producer, Chris Greiner? And our final bow, our extra special, to the patrons, Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners of PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com TAB. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure to subscribe on the platform that you are currently listening to this on, or go check out our YouTube where you can watch the episode. You can also subscribe, like, and comment on there as well. If you're more into the regular social media and want to follow us, you can do that at Take About Podcast across all social media platforms. The music of this podcast was made by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon, and the logo was created by Giselle Bustos. And that wraps up this episode's curtain call. Thank you all again for listening to this week's episode, and I can't wait to see you next week.